Previously on Eleven Fates. What is it that you do, striped death? That portion of my life is behind me. What, now that you gave a few trinkets to a handful of strangers? All of the traipsing around those woods may have brought out Starfall, which may be Wizard Core. Are we helping out a really bad person? Yeah, him. Let me in. I know that guy. Rowena, this is Ghost. Ghost Rising. Nice to meet you. So what business is that that you do exactly, Mr. Ghost? Why are you acting so weird around him? You can see both of their eyes wash over with a gray mist. What does the cactus speak to me? It's not really a cactus or a cabbage. It is a vessel for a very potent curse. Curse. Ah, your elder must be hated. Hated? What? If I tell him the truth, he'll be a different person when he comes downstairs. Tell him what he needs to know to get this done. I try as best as I can to draw the same path. Never threaten one of us. You'll threaten all of us. Son, if I was afraid of threatening people, I wouldn't be here right now. (laughs) It's uh, definitely a new beginning. I'm going to bargain. I'll take their lies and their secrets down with me. A chosen champion of the gods. Better remember the name Hunted Jewel, because the next time you see me, I'm going to be buying out the whole bar. Welcome to Tale of Eleven Fates. Yes, we're here in Eleven Fates, and we join two of our members in Aria in the Kettle Inn as a Hunted Jewel and Ghost Rising walk upstairs to a private room. Discussion's about to be had, and the door closes softly behind Ghost. His uh, smiling grin and broad shoulders both slouch a bit as he gets a little bit more comfortable now that it's just family behind closed doors. And he turns around and just kind of measures you up, Jewel. Kind of just uh, straightens your shirt a little bit. How are the boots treating you? Jewel's kind of hits his hand off. What's with the used wagon salesman vibe? Uh, it's, uh, It's a thing I do when I'm out on the road. It helps sales and things. It's like, is, is this I'm, you? No, no. Oh God, no. Um, I, I really miss home when I'm out on the road and I found it easier a couple years ago to just kind of be a character uh, when I'm out and about. So that way, when I've got my private time, I can just think about home a little bit and, you know, the family and all the work that, you know, that version of me did in order to, you know, just kind of be out a little longer. 
What do you mean that version of you? What, just what the, kind of the, other the, work? The, the car sales mini guy, you know, the guy's always trying to make a deal. Like I was throwing up a big hubbub outside because I was like, oh, cool. There's a giant gathering of people. That means possible customers. Oh, how do I look important here? Let's look inside. Why is there a private event in one of the smallest towns on our continent? Um, and I saw you in there. So I, I don't know, took it as an opportunity, make, you know, get in with the VIP. I didn't realize you had that clout, but you said so yourself. You'd be buying uh, the next round. And uh, you did. I, honestly, I, it took me years to do what I wanted to do. And you're, what, weeks into your journey? I'm, I'm flabbergasted. So like... I don't know. Tell me about it. Tell me about your your, well, like, your, your times. I, no, like I wanted to buy Ghost Rising a beer. Like I wanted to buy the person that first told me that I didn't have to hold my hands as fists if I was making a punch. It useful, like, but yeah, we've we've got these uh, sharp little claws for a reason. And yeah, I know. Yeah, I remember that too. And I I don't I don't know. I gotta just. It helps me to kind of do that person when it's not home. So I'm, I'm sorry that honestly you had to see it. It's cheesy. It's it's a little sleazy. Feels a little greasy. Not a big fan of it, but it gets results. That's who people think they want to buy from. So you just kind of curve into it. So who am I going to be talking to when you, you tell me the truth? <laughs> You're talking to family. You are talking to the guy who showed you how to tie those boots and told you that uh, you're not going to get very far without him. The guy who, you know, taught you how to throw a punch. Uh, the guy who taught you how to put up a tent. The guy who taught you how to, you know, check your food before eating it. Yeah, this is family. I'm going to take care of you as best I can. I'm invested in you. I want you to succeed. I want you to be the person I can't be. I've got a job to do, and it the way I do it doesn't feel good. But the stuff you're doing sounds amazing. And like you're helping people. Elementals, I hear they go rogue all the time, and then I've got to like change my routes, and you're out there kicking their butts? Yeah. I'm I couldn't do that. Well, I, I wouldn't want to do that. Maybe I could. I probably could. I could take you. And, and he like goes in for like a little jab and stuff. H.J. kind of just like lets it happen, doesn't break eye contact. He's still just kind of feeling sad about this whole thing. Look, I've, I've been doing the things that I'm doing because I like thought I could make a difference. Am I and like, I just feel like I'm helping, maybe helping someone who might not need to be helped, shouldn't be helped. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. I just. Hey, hey, you're I, you're, you're helping out the clan and the hunt you are helping i haven't heard of anyone actually getting a even a sliver of the knowledge you have about a cure that's incredible we've had dozens of wizards come through we've tried hundreds of medicines and you've suddenly cracked this thing wide open i mean a, a golden goose chase was started in hopes that we would try and find a cure and it sounds like you're the only one that might actually have a shot at it now. And you should help. It's not just going to help our elder. It helps the family. It helps our, our image. It helps everything. I mean, it, it, this, isn't it good to save a life? I feel like at this point, I'm 
helping somebody else's family. I feel like I don't even know you anymore. I, yeah, honestly, that's kind of how I've tried to present it when I'm out on the road. It's it's easier to keep people at arm's distance. And I don't want you at arm's distance, though. You're family. I, uh, the world sucks. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to tell it any more clear. But people like you make it better. And I've always seen that. That's one of the reasons why I hang out with you so much. <laughs> like... I don't know. Growing up, you made a lot of things fun. What kind of person are you then? I contribute the way I can and the way I'm supposed to. I'm duty bound. You know that. I mean, the amount of times your mom yelled at me to go fetch you for dinner and then we snuck out and did stuff. But we, you know, I had to do the things for the family. And it's a lot of having to do things for the family. And like, I'm good at trading. I'm, I'm good at working with people on the road. I'm good at transporting. I, but I'm, I don't, I don't know. It's not my greatest passion. Well, I right, can. I, I think see, my greatest I, passion is when I think I get to have my own family. And see, I can go I, be myself. But wait, well, no, I knew all that. I yeah. knew all that. That's not, that's not anything that I didn't know. That's not, I mean, like. That's, it, that's, sure, that's the me. Sure. That's the me sure, I that's want the to truth. Be. But what is the truth? When you said that, when you, when you were talking to to Rowena, there was a different person in those eyes. How, how big's the clan? It's big. How big's the hunt? Big. We got a lot of things going on. And I don't know about all of them. I know about me. I know about you. I know about our families. I, I, I know a lot of stuff. But I don't, I don't know anything that the hunt knows or that the clan knows at those levels. But the elder does. He knows everything about everything. He's he's in the know on, on a lot of this stuff. And if someone gets upset with the family, with the clan, with the hunt, it all rolls uphill. He's the figurehead who takes on that. That's his job. He protects us because he knows it and he's able to react accordingly. And so he's that figurehead. So if someone did something within the hunt, within the clan, he's going to be the one to address it. And if someone outside wants to enact their own sort of justice or revenge, that's going to be the only person they know about. And, okay, and, but and like, that's, but that's you, the truth. No, 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 no. You, but you could have told me this downstairs. I want to be candid with you because we're family. And I, I struggle with that around strangers. I see buyers and sellers. I don't see family or friends or people I can trust. So yeah, I wanted to do this just me and you. Because honestly, this is how we handle things. Not how they, it's not for them to understand. This is us. This is how we do stuff. This is where we come from and how we've always handled things. So when someone does something perceived as bad you know the elders take care of it and the elder is going to be the front person for that but if you want to ask any questions again i don't know everything i'll, I'll do what i can to ask i do want to be candid with you not them you can tell them whatever you want and if you trust them open up to them but honestly I don't trust Dwarf with that many tattoos and your lady friend seemed real aggro just the moment I walked in and I don't know what that wizard was doing, but 
it seemed potent like way stronger than any of the wizards we had come through so like i don't know what i was walking in i know what you bring to the table and it's a lot of fucking good stuff so yeah i was a little nervous about the others i know you're hiding something from me and you say you want me to understand then make me understand i don't know like okay fine. why why would chains do something like why would someone want to kill that man why if all we're doing is buying and selling goods, what's the harm in that? That's legitimate business. Yes, all legitimate business. The other business we do is new starts. And what that is and what a lot of people know us for outside of our home is we help people disappear and a lot of people get upset because they don't understand why that person wants to disappear we help people that don't want to be where they are like you've probably seen it everyone is born and lives and dies at the same place a lot of people don't have the means to travel or the will to do it on their own and if things get bad it gets even harder for them to do it so we help people start again elsewhere but a lot of people don't understand their motives for leaving and so then they get angry with us because we're the ones that made it happen because they can't go and find their person because what they wanted was new. How many of these people are murderers? How many of these people are criminals? How many of these people are just bad people? My understanding, none. I don't know if that is entirely true. However, I have only ever interacted with people that are just looking for something new. Like Insight check, insight check. Insight check. Yeah, I have meager yeah. insight, but I'm going to do it. Get in there. Get <laughs> in there. We got to roll dice. This is Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. I have to remember that. That That's 12. He does seem to be racking his brain, and you have seen him like kind of do that like double take on what he just said of like doubling back. And his, his body language is kind of like a little tense in the back as he's talking. But yeah, he's, he's just going on about like, look, I certainly don't know of any criminal movement of that regard the stuff i know about are things like families that can't reconcile of you know people that suffer great embarrassment and want to go away people that just find themselves so stuck in mediocrity that they don't know how to get out i mean i've helped unhappy housewives find happy relationships i've found victims of abuse i've found uh, kids that in their own words say that they were adopted by the wrong families right. i, I want to just sock him right in the gut right in the fucking gut yeah go for it that's a 15 to hit that hits and that's Minimum damage. That's only four damage. I was like, if you want to, you can choose to do minimum damage. You can also roll for it. Yeah, I rolled minimum. And I just kind of just sock him right in the gut, and I don't <laughs> move my hand back out. Look, stop with the used wagon salesman. You don't have to do that to me. Look, the used wagon salesman is not a part of me I like. 
it is a part of me. And if you want the full ghost, I haven't had the chance to work this part out yet. Honestly, I have never, and my family has never helped a criminal unless they've done something that we don't know about. And we don't just move anyone, okay? We do do background checks. We try to figure out why they're actually wanting to move because if we don't want seekers coming after us, bounty hunters, we're trying to not do anything illegal. Like we don't move people if they have debt. It's so easy to not get moved. But the ones that we do move leave an impact. And that's because they're typically good people that want to do good somewhere else. And people miss Ghost, them. stop and listen to me very clearly. I'm going to find this cure and then I will find out who did this. And if the person who did it did it for a reason that Hunted Jewel was too innocent to hear or we didn't want to tell Hunted Jewel, then I will turn my fucking back on all of this. So tell me right now, what else do I need to know? You weren't kept in the dark because of who you are. You were kept in the dark because you didn't need to know. Anyone who knows is at a risk because at some point there are people that try really hard to try and find the people that we helped move. And so with more people that don't know, we help them more. It has nothing to do with why we didn't tell you other than the less people know about the ones that get moved, the better. So it isn't personal and it isn't because you're on the younger side of the clan. It isn't because you're not capable. You were chosen out of dozens of people to be the one to try and find a cure. Only 11 were sent out. And you are well in the lead as far as I'm concerned. You are the most capable person I know. And it was never, ever hidden from you because we didn't think you couldn't handle something. Look, just, you have one more chance. Just come clean or I'm just going to leave. And, you know, come clean about what? I'm an open book. You are more important to me than whatever you think I know. Fuck you. And I just walk out. He kind of just plops back on the bed and just you can hear just your your feet step down kind of a a, a bit and you swear you can hear whimpering. And as you come down the stairs, the camera kind of just pans up past your boots, past probably a, a nice big scowl on your face, up through the roof, up through the sky, past stars, blips through some color. And we are... A very strange place. We come in from an infinitely long distance to Cassilian in his beautiful green cloak. You're not sure if he's upside down or if he's the one that's right side up, but about six inches away is a halfling. Noses are perfectly lined up. He's about 170 degrees opposite of your orientation. And Cass, your eyes just kind of begin to open up slowly. And there's a big old upside down grin right in front of you. This like cute, symmetrical halfling with like a shortcut hair who just says, hi, I'm Gary. 
Oh, Gary's so excited that you're here, oh boy. Gary. Welcome. Do you need to be so close to my face? Oh, we can't move. We're kind of stuck this way. Gary would love to move if I could, but Gary is here, and you're now Gary's friend. Cass just tries to, like, reach up and push him. So you're actually just kind of frozen where your hands were, like, down holding your sword after Mm. that big swing that cut Mm. through the starfall, and then it came up behind you and grabbed you. That's the position you're in, and you are, like, trying to, like, flex and move, and you realize you have no muscle control below your face muscles. Okay, so I have enough muscle control to talk. Yeah, your jaw doesn't move. You can <laughs> blink. Your eyebrows are totally active. Uh, I don't know if you can. You you could try to wiggle your ears. Pretty much like the, the jaw bone down is just incapable of movement. Gary? Yeah, Gary. I'm Gary. And Gary's just blinking like every three seconds. Just wide-eyed keeping those eyes wet but like big old grin yeah Cass is definitely doing everything in his power like swinging his eyes wildly in every direction to try and find out where he like to just get some sort of visual cue but he keeps his voice calm and he gary where exactly are we gary finds that question hard to answer but gary understands the premise of it Gary and you are technically nowhere, but Mm -hmm. also somewhere that hasn't happened yet, as far as Gary understands it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Gary, how long have you been not here? I have been here for over three million blinks. Excuse me? Blinks. That's how we that I we don't exist and time not work gary blink time make gary sorry gary that's a concept gary doesn't grasp well if you've been here long enough to make the conscious effort to count your blinks oh i don't choose to do that anymore how do you know when you started Uh, oh gary said over so longer than gary has blinked always that's how Gary's eyes work. Okay, uh, Gary. Gary. Where are you from, Gary? At this point, Cass is like eyes penetrating Gary's eyes. Like, please fucking yeah. say something yeah. of use to me <laughs> right away. You've definitely like looked around as much as you can. And the stuff that you can see from like around Gary with just your eyes moving. So you can see, you know, maybe like just a few feet to either of his sides there's literally nothing it is just blackness and then you think in the distance you might see like a mode of light and then it like twinkles out of existence and even looking into his eyes you can see your reflection when he's not blinking a big red mass behind you and then a couple of more like motes of light that seem to be a bit more common in within the reflection of his eyes And then Gary is just kind of going cross-eyed and like looking up, which is down for you, which might not be down or up at all. And he's just kind of pondering, I remember Gary's from trees. Uh, Gary, Gary used to live in trees. Gary was 
from a forest. Gary was near mountains. Okay, okay. Gary, tell me about these mountains. Um, what do they, they, they look like? What they, do they smell like, Gary? Um, uh, berries, flowers. Tea. Oh, tea. Gary misses tea. Oh, uh, mountains separated the continent, separated from other place. Jungle, river, place. Other side, Gary was on. Bonk, can I just roll like to yeah, see if I know this place? Or Okay. I, I need to pull up the map real quick. So yeah, this would be unintended. Uh, wisdom? Do you have survival? I don't have survival. Awesome. Well, we will do a wisdom check anyway. Okay. Or intelligence. Pick whichever one you like. I think you would be able to come I like to wisdom much better. Either way. That sounds yeah. right. I rolled a one. I did it. Dope, dope, dope. What is yeah. your total, though? Three. Yeah, not quite certain. You'll remember it because of the weird description, and hopefully you can, you know, lock this away for a moment. But yeah, um, mountains that separate swamp rivers, you're not entirely certain what that means. Okay. Gary. Gary's here. Yes. Gary's excited. Tell, friend, tell me. Hi. Tell Yes. Yes, friend. Do you know what you're going to help this friend do? No. You're going to help this friend figure out where Gary and this friend. Why am I talking in the third person? Gary, you're going to help us escape and I'm going to help us escape. We're going to escape together. Do you understand that? Oh, oh, no, that no, that's not how Gary. That's not how Gary works. I'm trapped. Okay. You're 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 here temporarily. How do you know that? Oh, well, the others were only here for a little bit and then they go away. Who are the others? Wait, wait, Gary, let's back up. What was the last thing you remember before you got here? I saw a guy getting beat up by five other people. And then I was here. Oh, no. Also, also, um, it's my birthday. How? Yeah, Gary's birthday. How old are you, Gary? Uh, oh, no, this is a trick. I. How many blinks are you, Gary? Gary will be 55. Okay. Very good. And then like Cass's ears perk up and he looks at Gary again. He says, we, when we leave, you hear in a deep bellowing voice, slowed Wavan Noald kept Fatur. You can tell it's behind you and you're not sure how like far away it's from you. And again, slightly louder, you hear slowed Wavan Noald kept Fatur. And then you feel a very hot warmth all across your back. Like there's a bonfire for like three seconds and then it's gone. But I'm still in the same place. Still in the same place. You've heard a voice a distance Gary. behind you. Gary, what the hell was that, Gary? Oh, um, that is either Estley, Gary, or Gary Estley. Okay, Gary, I'm going to ask you an important question. Are you talking to this Gary? Is, is, is everyone in this world named Gary or Estley? I have not... No, no, Gary knows this one. No, 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 no. 
it's Gary, Gary Astley, and Cor, 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 Cornelius, Courtney, Cor, Cor. But Cor's not here right now. But you're here, and you're Gary's friend now. So we get to talk. I like logic. What do you like? I like trees, Gary. Oh, trees. I like to sleep in trees. <gasps> Gary likes sleeping in trees, too. I, um, I love the forest. Gary thinks you're the nicest person to come through here. Um, you might be Gary's best friend. And Gary, no. Yes. My name is Cass. <gasps> Cass! I would That's very much name. like to go home. Oh, so I no, need you to focus on okay. how that happens. Because you said that people come and go here. Oh, yeah, yeah. So there's um, Cor Cornelius Courtney. They go sometimes when they want. And then there are the others who come and go almost at random. And then there's the people Cor Cornelius Cor me brings and they only are here for a little bit and then they go away so every time that cornelius leaves here someone someone comes to comes. talk to gary so you've made a lot of friends gary no i like you the best you're my best friend okay and uh if i told you that me your best friend we're best friends now yes you and I, gary's best friend that i wanted to find my way home how would you help your best friend do that oh gary would get core to make the sign so that way you get to choose where to go home and at, at, at some point cornelius core courtney will come back and ask where you want to go home where home go is i am gary gary Hi, yeah. Has anyone ever died here? No. That's good. No. No. That's good. Gary tried. Tried to kill somebody or tried to die? Gary, Gary tried to die. Gary couldn't. Uh, Gary was stopped. Not by core. Well, Gary, since we're best friends now. Yes. If you ever make it to my world, I'll kill you. As a favor. No. As a favor. If Gary, no, if Gary gets back, Gary doesn't want a Gary die. Oh, okay. no. And then he whispers under his breath, well, right now, I want to die. <laughs> no. <laughs> Gary wants polar bear snow. Polar bear snow? Yeah. Core brings Why? back polar bear snow sometimes. It's the best. It's like, you know, tea is hot. In some places. And not sweet. In some places. And then polar bear snow is sweet and cold. It's the best. Okay. That sounds great. It also it comes in colors. Gary likes colors. But Gary wants... Oh! And it's at that time you hear, like, a faint little pop behind you. And then, like, you can actually see some movement come around. And there's just a bald man floating in at like a 90 degree angle from Gary and he's got no eyebrows completely bald has like this big old long mustache kind of like a Fu Manchu mustache that continues down but instead of just going straight down once it gets past the chin it like curves across each other and come to just like these fine points and just not a single hair is out of place and he kind of just pops in um 
your friends have seen to your safe return, and you'll be leaving uh, momentarily. Sorry about this. Cornelius, I take it? Yes. Or, or Courtney. Or, well, I guess this is Cornelius. Core seems to work fine. If you don't mind, though, I have uh, work to Core. do. And holds up a uh, elemental control orb. As he pulls it up, I think it registers for Cass that, that he's about to get sent away from this. And, and he looks at Corn and he goes, Slow Dwalvin Noel Cap Fatur. Yeah, I have no idea what it means either. Son of a bitch. Yeah, he prattles on about it incessantly. I couldn't get an advanced elven book in order to figure it out. It is elven, so I don't know. Maybe one of your uh, friends happens to know. Good for you, Bunk. Good for you. <laughs> Wait, you don't think I looked this up? <laughs> I got no, your well, character sheets. Yeah, I know. I'm that's in I there. This is a plot point. I don't speak Elven. I speak Celestial, which is my weird one. I think at this point, Cass looks back at Gary and says, Hey, Gary, how often do you get to leave here? Oh, Gary has never left. This is Gary's home now. And then he turns to Cor and he goes, So how do you choose... The people you swap places with? Um, typically youths, typically those of less fortune. I tend to give them an exchange of uh, greater value. Um, oh, speaking of, you probably need something. And he like pats himself down and he like pulls out from one of his like chest pockets just a gold wristwatch and like slides it onto one of your hands. One of my hands in the position of me wielding a sword. Got it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is a, a bracelet, a watch. What is this? Uh, it, it it is a uh, finely tuned mechanical device for keeping track of time, which is utterly useless here. However, is made of very many rich materials and should, once you return, be converted into about a hundred gold. So just hang on to that. Should take place about two or three days within your time max sometimes it's even just 10 minutes anyway i have work to do um sorry you're here your friends are terrible but i will see you again goodbye and like just floats out of your uh line of sight Cass looks to gary and says it is my sincere hope that i do not see him again and then he like again focuses his eyes on gary and he goes so what do you what do you do here while you're waiting? Gary likes word games, Gary likes puzzles, Gary likes thinking about colors, and he just starts listing off all these things as like the camera like zooms out from your like space and void and we descend back on to Aria and we're going to see what our other party members would like to do with about the 3 days their time it's going to take for you to have this conversation. It feels like three days, I know, Cass, but uh, for you, it's only about 15, 20 minutes. So uh, let's zoom in where we left off with uh, Rowena. You're downstairs. You know you have some time to kill. G kind of grumbles off to himself. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to get my package and I'm going to head on out of here. And, and like goes and looks under the bar and like pulls out just a brown box with his name on it. Just like some string tucks it under his arm <sighs> good luck heads on out that door 
Jewel comes down the stairs, a bit of a grimace, and yeah, you two have a moment before you uh, jump into what is going to be a uh, montage of some downtime activities. You both know that you have three days to kill before Cash shows up. Did you find out what you needed to know? No. I found out a bunch of other shit, though. Eh, it's often how it goes. People with secrets don't like to give them up easily. Yeah, and family, family secrets are apparently even harder to get up. Yeah. Hey, on the bright side, at least your family with secrets isn't dead before you get a chance to ask them about it. That kind of remains to be seen. Look, I, I got to do some research. Look, that that little vision journey kind of got me thinking. I got some ideas. Look, I'll I'll. I'll see you in a little bit. I I gotta go ask the Broven something. I, all right, so goodbye. Then HJ just runs out. Yeah, as as you run out, that's also kind of the sign. It seems like G's checked back in with Laura and people are starting to filter back in, but you're quick enough to like slip out before the crowd of people begin to pour back into the bar. And it seems like Laura has uh, settled up, is ushering people in. But yeah, you're on the other side of the crowd. Rowena, when she sees Jules run out and the crowd runs back in, kind of thinks for a second about following Jules and then just kind of shakes her head. She's going to get up, go behind the bar, find the like, dirty rags and start wiping up all of the booze that got dumped all over when mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Core shattered all the bottles with the prestidigitation because all the bottles in the windows have reformed but there's their contents are yeah and she's just yeah. gonna snap back into full like I'm 14 and I work in a bar mode and she's just gonna start cleaning up so that Laura doesn't get stuck with it she's gonna do that for a little bit yeah Laura, Laura eventually finds her way back in and is like super thankful for it and like tries to assure you like no no you definitely don't have to you know what honestly I I don't have anything else to do, so if you just let me do this, and Rona will just like move away and just keep finding stuff to clean. And you can see uh, Lara now talking with Mac, and and at some point they both kind of like just grab you like up underneath the arm, <laughs> and we're like we're gonna do it the family way and it starts off like this little montage of you guys like going around and like going through their checklist and how they run their business because like you know what curving into it so then boom jump back cut to jewels you want to work with the brovens you, you come storming up and a little rap on their door again mr broven uh pops out ah uh, th- three times in one day look uh, this is i i know i'm what do you know about the magic that no one's supposed to know about. That's that's why I'm whispering. Oh, you don't have have to whisper. I mean, ma- magic is kind of like a controlled thing. Um, there are magics that people can't do. I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, 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 those. Why the sudden interest? And like, opens the door and like pulls you in, uh, and like gets a pot of tea r- ready going. So yeah, your your montage will start off uh, there. We're gonna come sailing back into nothingness, where we have Gary just listing off things he likes to think about. Sometimes I wiggle my eyes, and it makes Gary's head hurt. Watch. If there was a way for Cass's eyes to express. Oh my fucking god, this is a personal hell. That's what his eyes would say right now. Right? Cuz cuz Gary is like listing off things that like by and large cast hates. Yeah, yeah. It's been about a minute of him just listing things that you're just like diametrically opposed to. <laughs> Gary thinks you want to talk about something not Gary related. Gary, do you like at this point now, even after just a minute, Cass is like so exhausted that he can't remember anything that he loves. 
So he's like, do you like horses? <gasps> Carrie's oh, never God. seen a horse. Oh, okay. Are they okay. scary? No. Are no, they no. big? Some. Some are I bigger than others. They're so big. They're scary. Okay. Let me explain to you how a horse looks. And I'll just, I'll tell you about the horse. And yes. you just listen and answer yes. when I ask you a question. Great. Gary is ready. Okay. Horses are four-legged creatures with very True. long faces. True. Have oh, you ever seen... Gary will continue to listen. Have Go. you ever seen a donkey? No. Have you ever seen... And then, like, Cass just sits there and goes, you know what, Gary? No. Just, what's your favorite food, Gary? Gary loves scones. No. Polar bears, no. Gary knows it's sometimes a liquid, but Gary likes it when it's a solid. Foods are solid. Gary likes polar bears, no. Cass, like, his eyes get banging. He goes, oh, okay, Gary, let's, let's play a game. How's that? Okay. Okay, Gary, without telling me, think of a number, one through ten. Do you have it? Got it. Okay, now take that number and multiply it times nine. Got it. Okay, now is your number a two-digit number? No. Is your number one? Well, it's nine now. It was one. A single tear rolls down Cass's face. <laughs> As we jump back to Aria, it's been an entire day. You've been trotted around the bar in just a, a completely different but somewhat familiar work routine, Rowena. Jules, you've been like talking about magic and theory with the Brovens, and sometimes it's Mr. Broven, sometimes it's Mrs. Broven. But after about the first day, they've kind of exhausted what they know, but they do tell you, if you wanna keep talking about magic, they have a book. Take it, read it. It covers a lot of the basics. And if you read between the lines, you start to figure out what is the stuff that was intentionally left out. On top of that, they tell you about someone in the militia who is a caster, who does know some magic. They came from the wizard school. They did their service and they ended up staying in town and joined the militia. And so after a very long, lengthy discussion, they're like, don't come back tomorrow. Please go talk with them. <laughs> This has been great, but we don't have the answers for all your questions. Hopefully they do. Okay, yeah, this is this has been good way. Okay, who who was it again? What's their name? Josephine. Okay, yeah, I'll I'll go. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go read this book and I'm gonna go talk to Josephine. Look, you guys have just been more help than you could possibly imagine. And look, I'm I I won't tell anybody we talked. Okay. And and, and they both kind of like shut the door and, and go off to making their late night supper. Rowena, you, you've had just this flurry and it, it's that familiar exhaustion you've had after a full day work in, in a pub and a bar. And you're like, oh, this is not how I thought I'd be spending my time. And both of them are kind of looking at you and they're like, yeah, you did pretty good. You want to come again back tomorrow? Yeah, I'm sure I'm a bit rusty. I haven't really done this since I was a teenager. I mean, we've got more time to kill, so if you've got to work for me, I'd be much better at, you know, reshoeing horses or something, if that's what people are needing, but... Well, there's what you're good at, and there's what you should be doing. 
come back tomorrow. And they like slide you the key for one of the rooms upstairs. She'll just kind of look at it, take it, nod, just be like, um, I'm not sure where where Jules got off to, but uh, if he pops in, just tell him where I am. I don't know if he wants to talk or not, but it's been sort of a day. Sounds good. Ships passing in the night as we zoom back up. And it's, it's kind of that for your schedules are offbeat a little bit. You're both kind of running around. Whenever you do seem to see jewels, it's kind of just you get grabbed and you get back thrown into some thing or they've got like some gossip to tell you and bring you in on and some like word games and social things. It's a little exhausting, but they're like forcing a smile out of you over the next like two or three days. And it's not a genuine smile, but it's a smile. <laughs> And Jules, you you end up getting passed around from like people to people around town who know a little bit about magic. This militia person kind of goes on about like, oh yeah, this was my training. This is what I do. These are the spells I get. And you start asking all these complicated questions or like describing in vagueness what Core can do. And they're like, oh no, that's no no, that's not that's not mortal magic. Yes, it is. Oh, like well, I mean. Okay, there are stories of way back in the day, dragons or giants or even the griffins could actually give this magic to an individual and they used them to control other mortals. But no, no, that doesn't exist anymore. Like, no one person has that. If you want to do those big, strong, powerful spells that can wreak havoc, it's got to be in groups. You got to have a bunch of powerful casters. The small folk, that's what took them out. Too many powerful casting gnomes all got together, made them all disappear. And that's why we don't do magic like that. It gets way out of hand. No one can control it. Just get it out of your mind. But if you do want to learn more, and he like hands you off some more books for you to read and like little journals and notes and stuff from here as we come zooming back. And it's only been like a minute of you just having like your tear hasn't quite rolled off of your chin yet. Oh, I think I think Gary's got to say goodbye. What? Oh, you're um, I can see through your forehead. So you're going soon. So Gary says bye. This was nice. Okay. I'll look you up. Of course, as we might get to go home soon. So I'll I'll see you. Maybe. Okay. Um Don't kill Gary. I Gary, if you don't want to die, I'm not gonna kill you. Yeah. Gary doesn't want to die anymore. Thanks for keeping me company. Thank you. Gary's so happy. Oh, I can't wait to see you again, Cass. Anyway. I, okay, alright. Should we go to sleep now? Oh, you'll just kind of go away. I hear it's a lot. Yeah. Gary, would you like to hear about my favorite food? Yes, I would. From memory, Cass just starts reciting a recipe for a meat pie. Nice. One medium potato, half pound ground beef, oh. half pound ground pork, oh. clove garlic, chopped onion, water, mustard powder, thyme, it's when you Salt, say time that you completely pepper. disappear and just get like <laughs> thrown through just a tunnel of like lights, sounds, and you realize you're not moving, but literally everything else in your perceivable universe is moving around you. And it is the most disorienting thing you've ever felt. 
And then you realize you're not moving and the things aren't moving around you. You are now growing into a scale that is, you think, larger than what you were. And the things weren't moving, but just kind of rushing out of your view that you're able to perceive. And you're just like growing and growing and you just feel this like air pressure around you and it's gonna last for about another 30 seconds as we come rushing back to aria and it's getting close to midday on the third rowena you've gotten into a sweet rhythm around the pub you've got girl chat locked and loaded with Lara and Mac in the back of your mind you're like who the fuck is this person but like you're like yeah like let's go chatting with the girls fake smiles for all these people coming through you know the regulars you know the small talk you got all this stuff down and then Jules you've got a plethora of books since now you've exhausted the people but between the notes and things you're, you're, you're kind of reading just whenever you can and you have kind of this knowledge and this understanding of what is allowed magic versus not allowed magic anymore it's a bit strange it, it, it definitely is something and then you kind of realize oh Cass should be back any minute now and it's kind of that cue prompt to like maybe I should go meet up with Rowena <laughs> you know yeah. she's in the pub <laughs> I think I like slammed the book down just like where where was that that like metal box thing oh, Rowena's got it okay I gotta go and I like slammed the book down and my room is probably a mess with all these notes and stuff uh, and yeah I, I slammed the book down go downstairs maybe a little bit too loud Rowena is is Cass back? Rowena would have been keeping very careful time. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. Honestly, she might not even be in the pub when, when Jules comes out because she wants to make sure she's away from people when Cass pops back in. She doesn't know what this is going to be. Mm, so true. she might actually already be out, like, out back of, like, the stables or something or find some field area because she, yeah. she doesn't know what's going to happen. So she's going to find some big open space and just, like, set the tinderbox kind of down and just kind of wait nearby. Sounds good. And it's probably the same thing that you've seen her before where she like sets it down and like six feet away, just kind of sits down cross-legged on the ground and just kind of watches it. Jules probably catches up after you like fed your horse and are like making your way off there. Like horse gets lunch. It's about time. Put this down. Jules catches up with you. It's been a whirlwind of some days. You, you both feel a, a little bit more knowledgeable about things for you jules you are going to gain proficiency in the arcana skill six six and for you rowena you are going to gain a bonus feat resilient in charisma okay which i believe will give you proficiency in charisma saving throws as well as i think plus one charisma that sounds correct yeah but yeah, you can look those up, drop those on your character sheet. We will be moving into the opportunity to do more downtime things because we know that there's going to be some significant events. Like in six weeks, we potentially have Courtney Core Cornelius coming back. In four weeks, we should have another full moon where we're going to probably see Brutus again. So yeah, we will be having some more montages. So think of some things you can do in your downtime and there will be fun pertinent rewards please add both of those to you and yeah you have kind of a moment so, never mind you don't have a moment yeah. <laughs> as you're about to start up there's that pop and you can kind of just see Cass with his sword down 
finally the like tension that he's had like in his arms for the last 10 15 minutes is finally able to like raise his sword back up and yeah he's got this like beautiful golden watch next to his bracelet with seven white pearls on it and is just kind of there has his arms up now you have complete control over your body and honestly it's just that moment of kind of like checking in like being able to move your friends are right there there's a tinder box underneath you with some strange runes that are now just black instead of colorful and the golden watch that's on you you like get to check it out for the first time and it kind of like looks magnificent and then it just drops from your wrist and turns into 110 gold pieces that just fall down to the ground well did you have a nice time Rowena stands up as soon as there's any movement or anything, and as soon as she sees Cass, just abruptly and with no warning, just runs up and, like, throws her arms around him in a hug. Oh. And it lasts for, like, two seconds, and then she immediately pulls back. She's like, you know, we had a time. How are you? That was very sweet. I was not prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and I, I don't think Cass was either. And he looks at her and says... It's very nice to see you too. And then he looks up at the sky and I assume it's daytime right now. Yeah, it's midday. Based on the position of the sun, uh, it's a lot less cloudy than where you were here three days ago. And nice blue skies. But, do I, it's maybe but I don't one. know that it's been three days. No, you don't. You know that the sky is completely different. It is not the mostly cloudy sky you had. It is real clear, not cloud on the horizon. The and sun is, is up. Daylight. You were traveling yeah. in night. Yeah. So then I, I look at HJ and, and Rona and go, how long, how long was I gone? Four days? Three days. It was supposed to be a week, but we sort of shortened the timeline. Or maybe the wizard core shortened the timeline for us. Not entirely sure how that works. Cast snaps. Who? Oh, uh, we uh, made enemies of a wizard. Sorry about that. Core? Well, they went by a few names. Core, Courtney, Cornelius? Yes. Yeah, all those. Mm-hmm. I just met him. I make a gesture of picking up as much of the 110 coins as I can and going, he was very generous. I swear to the gods, I want to just punch motherfucker in the face. And then I just start putting it into my bag. Rhoda will help you pick up the last couple because she's also going to reach down and pick up her tinderbox and slip it back into her, her bag. Right, so I befriended him, you made enemies of him, and what of what of the smith? Ms. Pritchell is, uh, she might be out in Bastille and using my forge to uh, work on her experiments. We got her some ore that she needed from the Brovens, like we had talked about. Um, I think that's when it clicks for, for Cass that they're in Aria. And he's like, hold that thought. I am in desperate need of a meat pie and a nail. Well, lucky for you, we just put the pies in the oven before I took my break to feed Farrier. So come on in. Yeah, and he will walk in and like, who cares if it's not his, just slam the first beer he sees. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, and sure thing. And just before the first one, he'll, he'll like pick it up and smell it and go to Gary. Who? Rowena just replaces the one that he drank for whoever he grabbed it from while also filling him one and sliding him <laughs> another. 
Okay. So, Cor, Cornelius, Courtney. Do we... Not an ally. Maybe want to talk upstairs. I've got a room. Okay. And then he also gestures for, like, a pen, pad, and paper, and writes down, Slowled Wavan Noel Capt Fatur. <laughs> joke, joke, joke. Rona's gonna just herd everybody up to her room. A, a tray with some pies and another round uh, comes up with you. While we're walking upstairs, I, I'll make a point of showing the what I've written down to both Rowan and, and HJ and saying, do either of you speak High Elven? I speak a couple forms of Elven. I don't know if this is one of them, but I'll take a look. You would be able to read this. Oh, goody. And the translation is, I will swallow the sun with darkness. Rowan is just going to read that, pause, and just go, right, okay. Yeah, my room. <laughs> and once we're safely ensconced in her room and she's got like the door shut and probably like, I don't know, a chair wedged under the door handle or so like she goes full like nobody's getting in here she will then tell everybody yeah well um i i mean i've never heard this particular phrase before but um it translates to uh i will swallow the sun with darkness so was this core's friend who was saying that because core core wanted a, a book on elvish because they couldn't they didn't, didn't know how to speak understand it. it this may be part of the reason why it was a voice or a matter. Uh, it existed in this place where, where I where was. You? Wherever Kor calls home. So some sort of nightmare existence between reality and the other. At least from what oh. I gathered from what G said about Kor and what Kor themselves said. Or someone else's reality altogether? Mark. Yes. Given that I speak a couple of forms of Elvish, <laughs> do is this is a weird question to have to ask. Is Elvish a language that uses a lot of like metaphorical language? Or I would be like, oh, maybe this means something more direct and this is just a literal translation, or is this something where it's like, oh no, this is exactly what it means, I just don't know what that translates to. If, if I could tack on an additional question to that, yeah, yeah. even as a player, not necessarily as, as cast, but is there also like a possibility that a different form of Elvish translates this differently? I will take intelligence rolls for both of you. Okay. I have no queries. <laughs> Dude, solid. I got a 15. I got a 17. Nice, nice. So we'll start with Rowena's question, which was... Essentially, like, is Elvish a metaphorical language? Do they use metaphors to convey concrete concepts, or does this mean what it means? Yes, it is a metaphorical language. There's lots of things, because, like, reading this out, you could easily be like, okay, well... The way it's translated, sun could be thing in sky, person of man and woman that is of male. It, 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 it could be in place of a noun, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, it, it could easily be a metaphor, could also be literal. Okay. Also, with your role, you're like, this is also more an old elvish style. So it's kind of like, we can read Shakespearean language. This is like the elven equivalent of, this syntax doesn't really exist anymore, but this is the the common way that this would have been said. 
and as as we as we understand it right but it's but still it's, within a form that i can read it's just an older, yeah. more archaic version of what yeah I you're like okay modern times some stuff would have gotten switched around like Got the it. syntax is of an old format type of thing cool thank you and then cass your question was is it possible that it reads differently in a different form of elvish you think it might just by looking at it and like hearing it and just your understanding of languages and things like that like celestial has changed over time and you know that like the celestial a mortal speaks versus a celestial a non-mortal would speak do, do you have kind of like differences of them and like things kind of in like modern terms Spanish that is spoken in Mexico is somewhat different than Spanish spoken in Spain so there totally. might be kind of a loss there you know it's a possibility. Okay. You're not sure if any of these words would trigger it. All right. So you had a strange voice behind you in whatever void you were in who was saying this. You met the wizard core. How long were you uh, gone for? 15 minutes. I think this is the point where Cass looks at them and goes, or three days. how many hours? <laughs> okay. Oh. Or three days. Magic's crazy. This makes a lot of sense, though, with what G was saying about how Gore used to pop in and out. Also makes sense why they didn't seem to know what year it was when they showed up. From what I gather, he can't just pop in and out. No, there's some sort of trigger and, uh... Oh! Wizard Core appears to be the Starfall. N no, sorry. What I mean is more than that. He has to switch places with somebody. Yeah, that tracks. God, I wish I just stabbed him when I had the chance. Not that it would have done anything. Is it always the same person, though? I, G said it... Kor said they used to steal children. That's where the Legend of the Starfall right. came from. But why? They weren't a kid this time. Kids are easier to kidnap than adults, Jules. Wait, so they just, like, had this... They've just been this switching per places with the same person as they just, like, get older and they're just... I don't think it matters who they grab. They just have to grab someone from here so that they can come here in their place. And then when they're done being here, they do that crazy... You didn't see what they did to leave, did you? No. Fired off all of their magic at once, expended everything they had left in them, and then just disappeared. Wrecked the entire bar and then put it all back together again. Wow. I don't think it matters who they trade places with as long as they trade places with someone. I could be wrong. I don't... I don't know a lot about magic. It wasn't really my area. Arthur might have known a bit about it. Not this kind. Did Kor travel alone? They were alone when we met him. Hmm. He doesn't live alone. No. They said they've got a... Um, what did they call it? A cohort. Seems to be this... Whoever it is that speaks Elvish and maybe one other. Don't seem to like him very much. <laughs> and again, Cass goes, To Gary. I'm sorry, what's Gary? The halfling he lives with. What? How? They're stuck How in a place yeah. that exists on its own. And when I was there, I was stuck. I couldn't move. And Gary was stuck and couldn't move. And Kor came, and eventually I was released. But a halfling. A real one. Are you sure you're not, like, don't have any kind of, like, you're, like, hallucinating? Did you, are you sure, like, did they give you, like, any potions? Like, what? The hap 
they're, they're gone. They've been gone for centuries. Cass walks up to HJ and like makes a fist and just bops him on the top of the head. Oh, I'm dodging that. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fucking roll it. I don't give a fuck. What's the call here, Bonk? I'm going to go with a reflex save because he's not actually trying to attack you or anything like that. But it is definitely one of those friendly, non-hostile gestures. So, yeah, if you want to, like, get out of the way, I'm going to go with a reflex save. So that would be Dex for those of us in 5e. Yeah, Dexterity saving throw. For people who don't play 3.5 or wherever the fuck a reflex save is from. My bad. Dexterity (laughs) saving throw. And guess uh, your proficiency bonus is a two. Yes, plus two. And do you want to use strength or dex? Dex. What's your modifier for that? Plus two. So your DC is going to be 12 there, Jules. Oh, yeah, I 21. Yeah, he he like lifts it up and like goes to like bonk you. You just kind of do the head off to the side and like he doesn't even get all the way down to your shoulder because like he wasn't any sort of like follow through. Look, you could have been drugged. I don't know. You got taken. I wasn't drugged. You know... Courtney. Yeah, right? I mean, kind you of. You know the Wizard Corps. We met the Wizard Corps, yes. And I was gone from you for three days yep. and came and know the Wizard Corps. Mm-hmm. We've interacted with the same person, which means that he, in whatever system he uses to get here, kept me safe by freezing me in place with Gary. Now, some would call that a prison because you haven't met Gary, but he keeps Gary alive also. Or maybe there's somebody here who switched places with Gary and they're still here. Somebody who switched places with a halfling hundreds of years ago before the small folk disappeared and has managed to sustain it when... Wizard Kor, who is apparently the most dangerous person in the world, at least according to G, uh, can only stay so long as their magic lasts, which is apparently not long. But About who's week. the most dangerous person in the world according to Kor? Probably whatever fuck-off person sent him into this existential hell, which is how they appeared. That's uh, the form they say they took blonde human woman blue eyes pretty average looking for the most part so you know I'm sure we're gonna find them real easily in an entire continent full of humans and elves look we I do have questions but Cast, you did come back at a time where I experienced forbidden magic Cast looks don't around. roll your don't roll your eyes like that Rowena I'm sorry, what am I supposed to do? You had an out-of-body experience and then you haven't talked to me for three days. Look, I was just thinking, like, if if Court could do that kind of magic, like, it would be, like, kind of cool if, like, maybe someday, like, maybe I could learn how to do that kind of magic. I didn't get very far. You spent three days trying to learn forbidden magic in the smallest town on the continent? I spent three days trying to learn how I would go about learning how to do forbidden magic in the smallest town on the continent. What exactly did Ghost tell you? Look, Ghost told me, Cass, I'm, this is my, it'll make sense in a second. Look, Ghost told me that, you know how I said that, you know, my elder kind of just got sick and we're looking for a cure. They may have done something 
to deserve what they got. I don't know what they could have done, but I'm sure shit gonna find out. Lots of people deserve worse than what they get in this life, so it doesn't surprise me in the least. So where is this forbidden magic taking us? And he looks at H- HJ. Ball and scale. And then he like leans into him a little bit and he goes, well, are you ready to lead the way? Oh yeah, I know exactly where we're going. And he reaches into his cloak and pulls out the comically large map that he drew the way on from, from the astral vision and kind of like spreads it out. Gets this like crazy look in his eyes. It's like, so I got whisked away and then I saw the blades of grass flowing to the southwest and then I went on and then I flew over it and then look we passed this tree right here and he like points Rowena's at the circle gonna, thing like reach around HJ while he's doing this reach into his pocket pull out the map that wizard core drew and hand that <laughs> to Cass the like much more to scale easier to read version just hand yeah, it yeah. not a word just here you go Cass opens the map stares at it completely ignoring whatever HJ is continuing to talk about and takes a long sip of his beer, finishes it, puts it down on the table, and looks up to HJ and says, Hey, 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 hey. What? I'm not asking you if you know where you're going. I'm telling you to lead the way. And he, like, hands the, the little map back to him. If this is the thing, the reason that you came here, then let's get it done. All right. We're going to go find the cabbage cactus. HJ kind of grabs grabs a map, puts it in, and he kind of he starts like walking. And he kind of stops, looks back. Are, are, are we ready to go? It's at that point you like slide the map in, and it's that quick camera cut to like the map on your bag on your side, which is now on the side of your uh, rental horse that you have, mm-hmm. and like all three of you have your horses all geared up, and you're like ready to go out of town, and then two other horses kind of come up to you, and it's. Laura and Mac, they're on their way back towards daybreak. So they're like heading off with you as well. Opposite directions, but it's kind of like, this is the time we're leaving town. It's like two in the afternoon. We've had our lunch, time to travel. We'll get to where we need to go by sundown. Um, And they're like getting all set and stuff like that. And Butch is seeing them off and sees you off and packs some pies. Rowena, these were pies that you made. So if these would like to be your super snacks. Yes, they are absolutely my super snacks. Special pies. You've got some special pies, uh, special hand pies, you know, for portability. Mm -hmm. All, All packed away. And everyone's kind of just getting ready girls exchange some chitter chatter with you and then um mr broven comes running out and like taps butch on the shoulder and like whispers something into his ear and he's like yeah yeah absolutely take it and like brings out another horse for him and saddles up and is ready to ride out with um mac uh mac and laura if you don't mind i'll be joining you ladies uh safe travels friends Wish you all the best. I hope everything goes well for you. Just uh, eager to hit the road. And, and we'll like go ahead and get his horse to, to start leading the way. And both the girls kind of like look back at Butch and they're like, go, go, go with him, go with him. And like the like smaller kids are running around behind and like wave and running away and with a stick. And it's kind of a nice scene. And they like trot up to catch up to him. Seem to like pat him on the back and comfort him as they're on the way off to daybreak. Right. Uh, you, 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 you should be making your way. It's, uh, it's about two days travel, fall on scale. Take care of yourselves. It's been a pleasure. If you're ever around, you, you have a room here. It's much appreciated. Thank you for all your kindness. And um, do 
take care of yourself. Keep an eye out. It's been a strange few days, and I don't imagine, especially with us having been around, it's going to get <laughs> any less strange. So, um, you know, keep an eye open. Yeah? For, for a small town, we're pretty used to strange. But we handle it in stride, and are always welcome. So, for you as well. Gods be with you. And you. Gods be what they be. And yeah, you're you're off onto the road, heading west. It's a, a much more quiet journey. You make time pretty pretty well. It's about nightfall when you hit the outskirts of Bastellan. It's starting to set sun. Do you want to push through, continue through the night? I think we've learned our lesson. Yeah, I would like to not. <laughs> I would like to take a rest. Yeah, we're not pressed. I don't think. Uh, Rowena doesn't like where we are, but also doesn't like having to push through again, so she will defer to the guys. Where would you like to stop? Do you want to go into Bastellan? Do you want to go to your old place, which may have Miss Pritchell? Rowena will suggest that we can stop at the house. She knows that even if Alana is there, she's not going to give a crap if we just come flop over for the night and then leave again, so. Right. You make your way through, um, no lights on in the house whatsoever, but you know that the forge has been burning, and even just getting closer, you can feel warm just already on, like, the walls of it. This forge has been lit for three days straight of just all sorts of things, and you can see her running about, and she sees you, and she's like, oh, hello there! Uh, uh, come on, come in! And, and like, fixes you up it's, and tries to, like... It, we're just gonna, we're just crashing for the night. We don't want to get in your way. We'll stay in the house. Stay out of your way or anything. Oh, yeah, no, no please go ahead. I, I've just, I've just finished this. Oh, it's just a magnificent read. Oh, yeah, you, 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 you uh, really, just understand. You, you'll get such a benefit out of it, and you just take this, but I've got other research to do. I gotta go tend to... Oh, yeah, I, no, I, no, I no, gotta, don't, I gotta don't. be right back. And just, like, full sprints across the prop property and like goes in and like tries to pull something out with just a gloved hand and is like oh no tongs tongs and like it goes back and like grabs something and like you can just see her like shoveling dirt onto things and like dunking things in water and then she's got like she's fashioned some like meat hooks that have just like blades um, with like holes through them where they would go into the hilt just like hanging from them that are like still red hot and like cooling down and she's just got like her own factory going on right now um, she's like yeah no coming back and please take a rest no take this book with you you fucking love it and it just like pushes you on it and like puts you in and like oh and then we should really all and just falls asleep in like one of the <laughs> chairs immediately right okay um so there's a bed in the loft. There's a bed downstairs. Uh, yeah. I'll take the loft. Cass takes the same corner that he fell asleep. He was going to fall asleep in before his fight with Brutus. So he just like kind of rolls out his bedroll in, in a corner and plops his head onto his, onto his bag. Rowena goes for the downstairs bed and then like stops short, shakes her head and goes and uh, camps out in the backyard on her bedroll. Sounds good. Like, H.J. also, as he's kind of, like, going up to the loft, is like, wait, maybe, and is going to go and go scouting in, in the kitchen to see if there's any exploding corn. There is actually a plethora of exploding corn. <gasps> there's, like, four big bowls, and you can see one has been salted, one has been peppered, one has been salted and peppered, and then one is just covered in something that's red. I grab all four, probably, like, stacking two and two, and, like, 
walk back up to the loft with all four of these bowls. And I'm just like, as I'm passing Cass, it's like, you want some corn? You notice that Cass is like leaning on one side, but also like writing <laughs> in a book. And he looks at you and he goes, no. It's really good. And I just like grab a handful and just like throw it at Cass as I walk by. Oh, Rowena will pop back into the kitchen once more, probably once she thinks the guys are asleep. She will throw a load of cookies in the oven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sounds good. The junk food purge goes on. Notes are taken. Cookies are made. Sleep falls quickly. It's a nice peaceful rest. You're all back together. It's a little bit more of a wholesome. And then morning comes just as quick as sleep seemed to fall. You can hear clattering back in the forge. The The very sunken in spot of the chair is empty now as, as Pritchell is just going back and forth, back and forth with things. And is just like, yep, yeah, stick around if you want. I've, I've got this I've, and I got to do that and then I got to and just starts listing off all of these steps of what she needs to do and is more so for her than it seems like for your understanding of it <laughs> um, and you're able to kind of just saddle up your horses and start making your way back out of these um, homesteads that it seems people tend to work on and you pass by houses and ranches and working working class folk that really need the space to build these things. You make your way past Bastellan in the morning and you're out on the road and you get about two hours outside of town before you see a cart with no horses and a family of four. And Rowena, you'd actually recognize these. These were uh, some farmers that used to live down the road from you. Um, nice folk. Um, you did hear they were trying to sell their place as of like a month ago. But they're out here. They're on the road. They flag you down. Um, any chance you're going to fall in scale? As happenstance would have it, we are headed that direction. What's... We we recently sold our place, got some horses, threw everything we own in this wagon, and headed on out of town. And uh, a couple of guys seemed to be being chased, jumped on our horses, cut them free, rode off, and then a group of people chased after them. So we've been stranded here for the night. Any chance we could pay you to get us to fall in scale? What they look like? Oh, um, what what do they look like? Um, yeah. two guys in front. They had scarves wrapped around them. Wore a bunch of black. Came just barreling out of nowhere. Jumped on the horses. People chasing them. A couple of humans. A couple of orcs. A couple of elves. Seemed to be a foot patrol from Bastellan. They never came back. This was about eight hours ago. Well, no, we slept. More than eight hours ago. 12 hours ago? I, I know it's not keen to travel in large groups, but we're still under double digits. It's just the four of us, and I assume the three of you. You're not meeting up with any more people, are you? Not yet, but given our track record, who knows? Um, Please, we, we, we would love just if we could, you know, walk with you. Really, we just need to get this stuff. I mean, this is our livelihood here. We would turn around, but I, I sold the property recently. We were going to relocate to Fallen Scale. You just get a bit more turnaround for the stuff you grow down there, because not a lot of stuff grows, but the stuff that does sells well. So we were hoping to make a step up, and then our horses were stolen. Right, yeah. Uh, Rowena will just kind of turn to 
Cass and kind of give give him the eyebrow of do do we? Cass looks down at his coin purse that is now full of the coins from the watch and like sort of half turns the horse so that he's like speaking just privately to Rowena mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and he goes how's your gold looking? Mine? Not great. Haven't really done much business in the last few months. And then he kind of looks up at HJ and nods at him and points at his coin purse like do we need this? HJ kind of like jumps over. Look, let's just give him a hand. Like I'm which kind of hand? The kind of hand where we hitch our horses to their wagon, or the kind where we pay them to not ask questions? Look, let's just let's just take them. Why wouldn't we? They're they're people who need help. It's a family of four, you said, right? It's a family of four. You've crossed paths with yep. them before. I mean, they're How not like. How old are the kids? Kids are going to be randomly determined from these two d12 that I'm rolling. Great. Four and one. So the, the mom yeah. is carrying uh, the yeah. one-year-old. So small baby and toddler, great. Cass leans into Cass leans into HJ and says, "This is your task. This is your mission. You need to decide if this is going to be a danger to that or not." Look, just getting them to fall in scale and then going on our way isn't going to stop us. Like I just feel like that if we leave them, I'm just like turning into the person that I am trying to leave behind. Cass turns the horse around while HJ is saying that. And like looks to the to the mother with the kid and, and says, Before we start moving, do you have any questions for us? Um and thought of it was really just hoping for a lift. Uh what are your names? Is is probably a good start. I'm Cassilian. That's Rowena, and that's Hunter Jewel. It's it's nice to, to, to meet all of you. Uh I'm I'm Abram. Um, this is my family. If you can help, please. I mean, travelers are few and far between, but... We'll take you, Abram, but there's no more questions after this set of questions, regardless of what you see or hear. I'm fine with that. But Rowena has already gotten off of Farrier and has started hitching him to the wagon. I'll do the same with Brutus. Yeah, two is really all you need. You could do a third if you want to speed up travel. I'll hitch up rental. I guess my question is, if we hitch all three horses to the wagon, are we going to have to walk or can all seven of us ride in the wagon? You could fit six in the wagon. And if someone wants to ride the lead horse, that would work. HJ will walk. He doesn't care. That, I mean, that I, works too. I figure yeah. with kids that small, there's also a degree of if two people carry them, they kind mm. of don't count. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the family four easily, there is room for two of you, but maybe not all three of you at a time. You know, they'll need room to change the baby and things like that. HJ will walk alongside. For the start of this adventure with the carriage, Cass will walk alongside HJ. And Rowena will essentially take driver's seat so that she's out of the way of the family. Great, great. Yeah, they're super elated, very thankful. They they, they, they do timidly ask, and I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean, um, what would you like for your fee? I know you said no more questions. Um, I, I, I've, I've, I have a spare. You know what? No more questions, and you never saw us once we drop you off. How's that? Excellent. Fine with me. And we'll kind of just pop back up into the cart and just kind of cloister his family up together and like, they do like a little prayer together. Um, but yeah, their, their wagon, now that you see into it, chock full of farming gear, farming equipment. Um, looks like they've got like crates of seed starter, all sorts of things to kind of start a new homestead. Back on your journey now, it's uh, 
couple more hours go along, you do come up to the crossroads that uh, south to Fallen Scale, straight on towards City of Knowledge. You know that you need to make that turn, and at the crossroads, there's a similar encampment to Aria. It's not that the T goes all the way through town. It's situated at the top of the T that this crossroad makes. Um, so it would be kind of a diversion to go through. There is kind of just like two militia people with like pikes that kind of like wave at you, just kind of see you on your way if you want to, but are also happy to uh, engage if need be, or if you want to pull off here. It's only been about half day's worth of travel. You could probably get to fall on scale just after sundown um, at this pace. I think with extra people, Rowena's going to be of the mind to try to push through because she wants to Agreed. offload them safely as quickly as possible. Excellent. You push on through, the guards give you like that nice little wave, and may the fates be with you, praise the eleven type of thing as, as you pass on by and they go back to chatting with each other. They pull out like a leather bag and start kicking it back and forth to each other. But yeah, you continue on. It's it's well past mid-afternoon and you can see as kind of the terrain starts to shift. You've had plains on one side, tall grasses on the other, and you kind of come through these rolling hills and everything just starts to dry up. It gets into those dry lands. Cracks are, can be seen throughout the dirt that doesn't really have much other than patches here and there of grasses you even see like sand and tumbleweeds starting to go through and it even starts to feel a little bit warmer and about an hour into this it's four o'clock in the afternoon you come across two more people one seems to have a broken leg that's been splinted and has their arm around another person and they are just walking along headed south and as you pass them, they like kind of like whisper and mumble to each other and like puts down the one with the broken leg and has them sit on kind of like a rock near the road. And the other one kind of like waves you down. Any uh, chance we might be able to get a lift to fall on scale? At this point, you all seem grumpy. Cass looks up to, to Rowena and walks over to her in the driver's seat and just kind of like whispers like, what is the deal with everybody needing a ride to fall on scale? I don't know. I don't. She'll kind of look at him, and then she'll kind of turn back. You come from Fallen Scale, or is this your first time headed there? Oh, uh, um, no, we we come from Fallen Scale. We kind of went out on, like, a stag party up to the crossroads. Just, you know, something different, something a little, a little easier. Breathe a little better, you know, safe ways. Um, we woke up on this road uh, yesterday. He has a broken leg. I don't remember really much of the night, but we know if we head south, we'll get home. So we're heading south. We got kind of separated. I'd like from to her. insight check them. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm gonna go over and like lean into uh, HJ when, once this is done. Uh, twenty-three. Dude seems real sunburnt. Um, okay. dude seems real honest and looks like he is a struggling. He is out of breath. He kind of smells like alcohol as well as sweat. He's been in these clothes for maybe three days. 
just like to check because we did hear about two horse thieves two, running yeah. off. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cass, go ahead and have your interaction with AJ. But I think even before that completes, Rowan is just gonna like sigh very deeply, and she will hop off and let the family know, like, we're bringing a couple of others and like get them situated, like sitting on the tailgate of the wagon, keeping separation still. But yeah, okay, fine. Cass goes over to, to HJ and is like, hey, you know, I don't know how to teach anybody to be a leader, but we have to start making quick decisions about these people when we drop them off, making sure everyone here is safe. These guys look suspicious to you? Well, I mean, I all that I, I know that the family said that two people robbed them, so I'm hoping that it's not these two people. But I'm confident that I could beat the shit out of both of those guys combined. You look over at him and you're like, yeah, any of us could. The baby might be able to take him. (laughs) This brings a big smile to Cass's face. And he looks at HJ. So what is it that you hate? Liars. I think you're pretty far away from being a liar, kid. Thanks. Cass again just sort of like gestures his arm. And he kind of says like, I'll follow you. You just let me know what you need. To fall in scale. And H.J. kind of, like, jogs forward a little bit. (laughs) You're able to get the guy with, like, the broken leg, like, up on his feet and get him set up kind of in the back. The mom of the family kind of, like, offers him a sprig of, like, lavender. And he, like, just grabs it immediately and, like, tucks it in his shirt and, like, spreads it around and stuff. And, like, tries to, like, give them as much room as he can. But he's so excited to get his leg elevated and goes to sleep almost immediately. And the other guy is like, I'm, I'm happy to walk. I'll walk back here. And he's like, I'm, I'll be downwind. And is able to walk, like drinks up a ton of water that's offered to him, basically drowns it. And the family's like, no, go ahead and hang on to that. You're fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're, you're off and on again. You've hidden that road quite well. And you, you come through these winding roads and you start seeing the areas around you start to elevate you've got like spires of rocks starting to form that keep getting taller and taller and then like as you come around a corner what you thought was a small hill you realize actually comes down and it was a cliffside and there's like a giant canyon off to your left and now there's more of these tall spires and you start seeing the startings of a plateau that you would recognize not the plateau but you're like ah this is the land of we're getting close yeah yeah we're getting closer these are smaller versions of kind of what i'm looking for Mm. but this is the terrain it's dry it's cracked there's sands here and there there's tumbleweed there's you know cactuses starting to pop up here and there more taller ones not these round ball cactuses that you've been obsessed with now for a few uh few days you uh continue to make your way and it's about Five or six miles on the horizon. Sunset, about two hours now. You've been able to push through, but you can see a faint glow of the city coming up. And you're maybe an hour out of town. Um, It's probably like three miles out. You can see this nice glow, but you can also hear a band playing. They've got some like instruments that are coming around. And it is just this catchy tune. And all of you instantly recognize it. You're like, oh shit, man. This is the fucking crickets. This is like that band that swept through the north like 30 years ago. Much more your parents' music, but like fucking crickets are coming through. Like, damn. They're on tour. They probably just played a show down there. You recognize it. Like, you're like 
the dad and the mom start singing to the kids and everyone gets like that like toe tapping and everyone's like kind of excited about this did like, like their oh. later albums get a little psychedelic <laughs> a little bit maybe just a little bit rowan is just stone cold this was her dad's favorite band and she did not have a good relationship with him so she's just like mm, okay uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. okay yep 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 yeah, but like you can hear them coming about, and it, it, it's as you hear them coming closer, you you can also see that like weird fluctuation those roads have. You you've seen it how like it helps you move faster, but it's got like that weird like little ripple that you've only ever seen from like bigger people like moving, and it kind of like seems to come and like meet at the meeting point where you and this group of bards come and like meet up to each other and about to pass each other you kind of look around and you're like oh we've collected quite the crew of people you've got nine of you coming across oops what is six people coming the opposite way and you see this ripple kind of like come through and like a bounce back and then you both kind of come up and see each other and everyone kind of does that count of like oh there's like 15 of us here now and there's just like this howl as two wolves just come running through snap at the heels of your horses and just keep running on through as they go by and you can just feel the ground shake a little bit the pebbles on the road like begin to just kind of like pop off to the sides and like the music stops and everyone kind of peeks their head out and then it gets real quiet we should all keep going our separate ways i think we should all we think we should keep going right now Yep, yep, yep. As fast as we possibly can. Cass makes a point to, like, jump onto the cart so that he's not left behind or is, like, slowed down. I think my mm -hmm. movement speed is the worst. So <laughs> the band just kind of, like, looks up at you. It's two dwarves. It's four elves. They're all on horseback. They've got, like, a small carriage and an extra horse. And they all kind of just look up to you and you're like, yeah, right. And you all start trying to, like, go for the pass. They're going on to the outside. You're taking the middle part. And you get to about 30 feet to each other. And then a 20-foot pit just kind of sinks into the ground. And these fucking, like dog raptor headed creatures with like crab legs come scurrying out and have like all these little spines and they all just make this like horrendous reach and you can see like two or three hundred feet off the side from one of those like big standing plateaus a like ten foot tall version like crashes out of one of the walls and also gives like a screech and there are like four or five of these creatures now just in the middle of both of your groups screeching to the rising moon horses are freaking out baby starts crying the band gets all wide-eyed you can hear like some horns like and we're gonna end the episode there oh you bet Eleven Fates is an original D&D 5e campaign brought to you by the Torpid Gaming Network a variety streaming channel and community for gamers of all kinds your cast includes Lady Bedivere, a.k.a. Alondra, Pylos, a.k.a. King of Pylos, a.k.a. Nestor, Sunset's Brew, a.k.a. Brew, a.k.a. Zep, and the Lord Bonk, a.k.a. Bonk, a.k.a. Mark, as the DM. You can catch new episodes of Eleven Fates streaming live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv 
slash Torpid Network. Those episodes are made available as a podcast and on YouTube every following Saturday. Mostly. Make sure to follow us on all our social media at Torpid Network. Or hop directly into our Discord server so you get updates on upcoming live streams, podcasts, collaborations, and other projects. And remember, here at the Torpid Gaming Network, we do three things. We have fun, we get immersed, and we do do epic epic shit. shit. Thanks for listening. Do you want a manual car in the future or an automatic car in the future? Automatic Both. car. How fast do you want a Furious? <laughs> How fast do you want a Furious? <laughs> How much family you got? Dude, so much family. Oh, well, then you got to get a fucking manual car. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't make the rules. All right. Ready, y'all? Here we go. Uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I wasn't ready. That, <laughs> is, <laughs> that is the most TGN intro I can think of. <laughs> uh, here we go. Uh, five, four, three, two, one.